All right, I'm here with Don Boudreau again. Um, he's been a guest before, a longtime friend, um, advocate of liberty, very powerful advocate of liberty. He's a professor of economics at George Mason University. Um, many, many accomplishments. He's also a senior fellow with the American Institute for Economic Research, which has been doing fantastic work um, throughout this whole this whole past year covering covering COVID issues and the, the policies. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming. No, thanks for inviting me, Britton. It's always a pleasure to be here. So you're, you are constantly writing about this. You've, you're putting out just reams and reams of commentary. Um, there were a few things that have really that have stood out over the last month or so. And I, the one thing I wanted to start out asking you about is you had a piece where you talk about the whole notion of externalities. And um, this is something that you, there's obviously huge disagreement on, on this topic, but it's something that's come up even in libertarian circles where people are making the argument that, you know, because you might have germs or because you do have germs, you know, you're being out in public and breathing, basically just doing the things that we've always done and, and taken for granted is now um, you're imposing negative externalities on people and you're therefore violating their rights. That's um, the argument, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and we're hearing this a lot. What, what's your response to that? It's a little bit of a long-winded response. Uh, That's I hope fine. You don't mind. Yeah, so so uh, I, um, I, I'm, I'm interested in externalities just on its own. I was interested in the topic long before COVID arose. My friend Roger Miners, who teaches at UT Arlington, he and I wrote a, wrote a paper um, a year or two ago, long paper on externalities, and you know, trying to convince our fellow economists to think more seriously about this concept. So you know, the, 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 it's not on, on the surface a complicated concept. Uh, we are social beings, and so we interact with each other, and our interactions sometimes have impacts on 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 third parties that that are, are negative or positive. No one really cares about positive externalities, but but negative externalities. So uh, your classic case is I have a factory, I produce uh, uh, automobile tires, my smokestack dumps soot on your house. And you didn't ask for that. I didn't ask you for permission to dump soot on your house. That's an externality, right? And so everybody understands, okay, uh, uh, neither of neither you nor I are doing anything bad. Uh, so who bears who should bear the cost for this uh, activity? Should you just suck it up? So okay, well, I, you know, I'm just living in a place where soot falls in my house, or should Don shut his factory down? So this is this is the notion. And economists have not thought very seriously about externalities, and I I think we've bollocks the whole concept up. Uh, we've not thought seriously about what does it really mean to, 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 to be an externality. We can describe these physical effects, but we, we human beings are naturally gregarious. We're social creatures. We're constantly interacting with each other. Uh, the notion that, that we have to get permission from every single person who might be affected by anything we do or don't do uh, before we do or don't do something is, is, is clearly ridiculous. And so in, in the context of COVID, what some of these, a lot of these people are people who call themselves libertarian. They say, oh, well, you know, there's a non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle says I can't aggress against you. Well, in, in principle, this is fine. I can't punch you in the nose unless you give me permission to punch you in the nose. I can't aggress against you. Um, and so these libertarians say, therefore, 
uh, you can't go out in public if you might be carrying the COVID, the, the coronavirus, because you're going to you're, you're going to uh, uh, potentially infect innocent parties with the coronavirus. So you got so you got to stay hunkered down at home. And the problem with this, I think there are a couple of problems with this notion. Number n- number one, I'll say I'll say the most complicated one for a second. But 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 the first is. Uh, as is true for so much of the COVID issue, people fail to realize that th- there's nothing particularly unique about COVID. It, it, it's especially dangerous for old people. Yes, it is. An, it, it's a. It's it's an especially dangerous pathogen. It is not categorically different from these other pathogens that we carry. We constantly walk around giving v- viruses to, or potentially giving viruses to our fellow human beings. We don't we don't say it's a violation of the non-aggression principle that I, I might go out to the supermarket and I might have some ordinary seasonal seasonal influenza virus and I inadvertently infect you. No one thinks that I'm committing some heinous act that we deal with these sorts of things in daily interact in, in, in our daily lives. And I've never been told by anyone yet why COVID is so different from these other diseases that we have to behave fundamentally different. Um, The second problem with this whole externality thing is um, there are, uh, let's stipulate for the moment that that, that, uh, there is, well, we have to stipulate, obviously there is such a thing as as SARS-CoV-2 and SARS-CoV-2 is, potentially dangerous to many people who come into contact with it, and it can be transmitted innocently to third parties. So that, that, that's a fact. Now the question is, uh, what is the best way to deal with this fact? Uh, I think the best way to deal with this fact, to me, this seems blindingly obvious. Maybe the blindingly is the proper term, is the proper, is the operative word here. I think the best way to deal with this fact is people who are vulnerable, people who are particularly risk averse, they should stay home. They should. They the responsibility should be on them to take precautions, not on the rest of society to suspend life indefinitely, to stop going about living as we've done for for basically millennia, and certainly modern society the way the you know for for the, for the past you know few hundred years. Uh, why should you and I uh, it, 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 just because we might? carry some pathogen, stay home, uh, let people who are vulnerable to it take the precautions. That's how we deal with other pathogens. That's how we deal with ordinary flu viruses. That's how we deal with ordinary cold viruses. That's how we deal with uh, 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 lot, well, I'll stick with those, with those two. Um, and, 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 People have, people don't realize it, but they have a, a complete range of, of ways to protect themselves. You can stay home. Uh, that's an extreme way. You can wear a hazmat suit. That sounds ridiculous, right? You can, you can wear a hazmat suit. It'll, it'll protect you. Now, when I suggest this to people, say, so if you're so scared, just wear a hazmat suit. By the way, I actually saw a young woman in an airplane, in, in an airport, wearing a hazmat suit. Oh my right? God. So oh my God. I, I, I've seen those, pi- I've seen pictures and I just assumed they were staged. Uh, no, I have one that I took with my wow. camera. I still have it. I was going out to visit some friends. My first time on a plane since COVID came down in November. Friends wow. live in Colorado. I was at Dulles Airport and there was this young woman uh, 
wearing a hazmat suit waiting to get onto the plane. So now, but anyway, when I say, well, wear a hazmat suit, people say, that's crazy. And then I say, well, compared to what? Compared to giving government power to tell everybody to stay home? Compared to, to, to shutting down social and economic life indefinitely? The latter sounds far crazier to me. Yeah. And I yeah. think the results speak for themselves. It's crazy. We have yeah. upended civilization in order to yeah. protect, uh, protect some vulnerable people from a pathogen that does have a higher degree of, of danger for some people, not for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, than, than do more ordinary pathogens. Well, and what's, what keeps, what stands out to me is that, you know, when you look at our history of, of, of human civilization and interacting with pathogens, you know, it's not that long ago, say a hundred years ago or so, um, things like influenza and common cold and measles and all the, you know, a whole host of pathogens were a lot more deadly to the population as a whole. You know, it was pre-antibiotics. Um, it was, you know, a world where, where nutritional standards were lower, hygiene, um, mm -hmm. sanitation were lower. And so just because our standard of living has increased so much, you know, these 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 things don't pose the kind of threat they did a hundred years ago, and yet we're reacting to them in, in a way that's that's beyond anything people would have done a hundred years ago. It's that's what boggles my mind. It's like it's this is pe people who were who generally were genuinely were at risk from from things like you know a coronavirus or, or an influenza yeah. virus a hundred years ago would be laughing at us. I often say that. Um, uh, so the, the standard economist's explanation for why we have government activity, or at least core government government activity, is to is to correct market failures, right? So there, are, yeah, the market can do a lot of things, but but there are some things the market can't supply, and that's when government comes rushing, right? And I have the opposite view. As a practical matter, we have government intervention in large part precisely because the market works so well and so silently we the market the market gives us the impression that life sh should be perfect well life's never going to be perfect uh, we're all going to die of something at some point we're, there'll be suffering hearts will be broken there will be fire there, life will never be never be perfect but our lives today pretty covid now our lives today are Un unbelievably, magnificently wonderful compared to the lives of all of our ancestors, nearly all of our ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. And so this gives us the misimpression that, 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 you know, we're this far from perfection. So let, let's just take that little further step and get there. Um, and so we, we, we get this misapprehension that, uh, uh, that life should be risk-free because it largely is risk-free compared to the lives lived by our ancestors. But life will never be risk-free. Uh, what's going on now is we have uh, th this, I mean, the story's not yet written, as you know, it, it, historians will have to write it, but, but for some reason, social media, who knows? For some reason, this particular pathogen uh, uh, 
was allowed was written by the by the media and by politicians to it, it somehow allow them to freak the freak humanity out and um it's, it's it, I, 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 to, to me, I think if there is a pathogen, it's one that hasn't yet been diagnosed. It's almost as if some bizarre pathogen got into the heads of a lot, the brains of a lot of people and distorted the way they look at the world. I honestly feel that sometimes I'm going insane. I, I honestly feel that I, I, when, I, when I read the data on COVID and, and, and the distribution of the of, of, the, of the deaths and, and, and the illnesses. When I compare COVID fatalities and fatality rates to, to what's, you know, the fatality rates of, diff, of past diseases, uh, you know, from CDC, not, not from, you know, from, from, from sites supposedly reputable. I don't understand why people are freaking out in this way. I don't understand why people look at this and say, oh yeah, we got we just got to completely upend civilization. Uh, and, and then why don't people understand that, that you don't, government just doesn't, I, I understand why, why, why non-libertarians might not think this way, but what's disappointed me is so many of our fellow libertarians have remained quiet in this. They, they, why, why don't they understand that, that when government expands so quickly, it's power in the way that it's done in the past 12 or 13 months, that th that itself is a hugely dangerous disease that's out there. And there's, there's no vaccine yeah. against that disease, yeah. Yeah. right? There's no immunity against that disease. And, and yet I talk to, I, I've talked, I, I won't mention the names, I've spoken to a lot of people who say, oh, well, you know, we'll go back to normal when, when COVID they need is to read, not they need back to read to Bob Higgs's book. Say again? They need yeah. to read Bob Higgs's book. We're not going I had a it blog post up the other day. I said, read Bob Higgs, title something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. It, it grabs power and right. it's not, it's not, I mean, it's just like, you know, what's happened here in California, you know, as with everyone else, it was two weeks to flatten the curve. We're well up, well past a year beyond that. Why would they give up that power? Why would they, you know, and, um, you know, to your, to your point about why is this, why is this one pathogen? Why has this, you know, taken over the minds of, of, you know, so many people? Um, I had Kevin McKernan on the show a little while ago talking about, you know, the PCR tests and the the outright fraud involved mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. And his one of his comments was, you know, they could have done this. They could have created this campaign with any cold virus. They could. You could shine a light on anything if you decide yeah. to. If you have this this massive effort to, you know, if you decide, well, this is going to be the virus we're all going to be worried about. We're going to tell everybody to be afraid of this. We're going to start testing everyone for it. When has that ever happened before? You know, we don't go around testing everybody, asymptomatic people for a, for a particular pathogen. Yep. And his view was just, you know, they could have done this with any cold virus. So to me, it's, it's, it's not really even about this particular virus. It's that our whole social standard for for looking at viruses has been changed has been turned upside down and you know now because you know again you know if you do, if you do look at the data if you do look at how dangerous it is well gosh you know influenza is far more dangerous for young people um why don't mm -hmm. we wear masks for that why don't we you yeah. know shut down schools for that and and all this so it's to me it's like it's really just upended 
our whole standard for for looking at pathogens, but in a very artificial, it's it's in a manipulated way. It's not like this just evolved. It's that this was foisted upon people, which kind of gets to the point. So I wanted to ask you about in in this piece where you talk about externalities, um, you talk about the the difference between how economists talk about externalities and how the law, and I think you mean mm. common law when you're talking about that. Y- yes. Yes. So. And it really, um, it really has to do with property rights. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you could raise that because I, I, I was thinking to myself just a moment ago, I wanted to come back to it because I, I, I missed making a point in my earlier remarks that I intended to make but failed to make. And it's precisely this one. Um, so again, we, we, we constantly interact with each other in society. Uh, uh, and, and the, and, and, What the law has evolved over the common law has evolved over the centuries, starting in England and then as it's been transplanted here in in the United States. The the law uh, gives some, uh, it it, it creates a set of property rights for us. Of course, it doesn't do it perfectly. Nothing's perfect, but it does create a certain set of property rights. I cannot, I cannot. uh, 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 bulldoze your home without your permission. To pick an extreme example, I can I can buy permission from you to bulldoze your home, and in which case it's perfectly the same. The same physical act becomes legal, and so the law. Th- there are certain property rights that each of us has, and certain property rights that we don't have. We don't have a property right to be free of 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 uh, 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 Elements. I don't even want to say pathogens. Elements breathed by other people. I don't have a property right when I walk into a supermarket of to hit, to breathe air that is free of anything exhaled by the other people in the supermarket. I don't have that. I mean, for obvious reasons, the law would never have evolved such as such an idiotic property right because I don't have that property right. Although it is physically true that if you're standing next to me in a supermarket. And you're, you're obviously breathing because you're alive. Uh, and then I breathe in something that you exhaled. And that, it, it, it may be something very dangerous. Um, you have not, in fact, uh, uh, this is the point of my and Roger, Roger Miner's paper that we have mentioned earlier. You have not inflicted on me an externality. You have not violated my property right. Physically, something has happened. You exhaled air. I breathed it in. Uh, I didn't get you didn't get my permission to to put stuff into the air that I'm going to breathe in. But I'm a human being. I know that when I go into a public place, I'm going to be, or I should know if I'm a sensible person, and I'm going to be breathing in stuff that that people exhale, and they'll be breathing out in stuff that I exhale. This is this is life. So there's no the law hasn't created a property right for us to be free of the exhalations. Of other people, therefore, uh, there is no ex. When I go out without a mask in normal human interaction, I am not inflicting an externality on anyone. Even in this age of COVID, that there there is no property right to be free of the exhalations of other people. There isn't. Obviously, if you know, if 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 I stick, you're a stranger. If I stick my face. In your face and cough. Well, that's a violation of a right, but that, that's not what normal people do. Uh, you don't well, have a right a, to be. What about a, what about something where let's say you have 
airborne Ebola or, you know, something that's that's very, very deadly, that's, you know, legions beyond what we're dealing with now, mm-hmm. and you know you have it, is there is there a point where there is a property right? Is there a point where... Yeah, I think... I- I think so. I, I'm, I'm not an expert on 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 the law of infectious disease. I would be surprised if there were no, if there wasn't a carve out in 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 the law, in which uh, under extreme circumstances, if you know that you are a, a, a carrier of a, of a horrible disease, then then you are then you are committing a wrong, whether it would be uh, adjudicated under a property rights regime or uh, uh, some other kind of regime. Uh, some other aspect of the law, I'm not. I'm not sure. Probably property rights, but but yes, that's true. And so my my own, the point here is, um, uh, it, it's it's too simplistic, and this is what we've seen in the COVID episode. It's too simplistic to say uh, there's a there's a pathogen out there that's unusually dangerous. COVID, uh, it's it's transmitted by breathing. Therefore, when you go outside. Uh, uh, you when, when you mingle with people, then you are you are creating an externality. We you, we need more than that. Uh, we uh, the, the the presumption is that we can go about our lives as we go about our lives. Um, the way societies have handled this in the past, of course, those kind of things. It did use quarantining, but it quarantined the people that it, that that were known to be ill. Right. Now, none of these are perfect systems. Of course, you can find, you can find um, uh, 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 everything has cost and benefits. Uh, but that, that to me is 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 the, is the more sensible way to go. Um, if 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 we're worried that that people are going to spread COVID, uh, then let's try to identify that when. I mean, we get into all kind of problems, you know, because I worry about the state trying to identify people with COVID. You, you mentioned mm-hmm. the PCR test earlier, you get all these false positives. So there are all sorts of problems uh, here. And I, and I don't I don't have a ready set of, 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 of solutions to them all. But I do know that um, there is no reason at all to believe that in March of 2020, that all these governors and mayors uh, uh, it, it, throughout the U.S., Throughout the provinces in Canada, uh, in other countries, the, the government leaders. I have no reason to believe that these people sat down and pondered the costs and benefits and 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 and, and, and chose the course of action they did in any kind of scientific way. Uh, they saw the the public panicking. Uh, and then they responded to that panic with their own panic, which only further enhance the panic of the public and it sort of fed on itself and then we pretty quickly almost literally almost overnight wound up with this this crazy not thought out scheme okay we're all going to just go into house arrest um um and and whatever whatever i'm willing to forgive people i mean you know i'm a pretty hardcore libertarian you may be one of the few people who's harder core than i am um but I'm I'm pretty hardcore. Uh, I'm willing to forgive people uh, back from back in March of last year, when there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, people who said, you know, maybe we should just you know, like hunker down, uh, but but you know, flatten the curve for two weeks. But look, we knew not long after that that this disease affects overwhelmingly 
only the very elderly with comorbidities. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even all of the very elderly. Not all the very, no, it, it, that, that's right. That's right. We, we knew it had a very distinct age profile. Now, that makes it very easy, well, not very easy, that makes it relatively easy to isolate the vulnerable. And once that became known, I see no reason why the rest of society had to be had to be shut shut well, down. Well, not only that, but it also so a couple other things became clear pretty early on, and I don't remember the dates for this, but there was some independent analysis of you know whether lockdowns worked or not, and even very early on, um, it was pretty clear that there was no correlation between locking down society, um, you know, whatever, whatever degree, because it was done differently in different states, um, and better outcomes. And so this, this isn't something that, you know, we've just learned now. If For That's anyone right. who was paying attention, it was pretty clear early on. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, a little, maybe a little bit later, as treatments started coming out, hydroxychloroquine, um, there were studies on vitamin D, and that information was censored. I mean, it was it was it was censored in in social media, in the media, but it was also you know um, pharmacy boards in in states prohibited the use of things like hydroxychloroquine for for. So there there were things all along the way that um, you know that I think c- contributed to this being much more of a problem than it ever you know forcing nursing homes to accept infected patients. Um, early on not treating people. The, the standard of care was to not treat people until they were, you know, in need of emergency care, basically. So, you know, how many people died because of, because of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's as if it was, and I'm not saying it was, but it's as if it was deliberately mismanaged to create as much of a problem as it could have. I think it was a perfect storm of events that came together that, that uh, you know, pe- people panicked. You had these awful pictures out of Italy. You had these, you know, I remember um, there were these pictures out of Wuhan uh, the videos? last spring where, you, where you'd see people walking and then suddenly they drop dead. Yes, well, the, well yes. The, we know now that's not what COVID does. Right, right. right? So what was that? I have no idea, but, yeah. but I, I, I can understand if, if if people think, oh my gosh, there's some pathogen out there that I'm, I'm feeling fine this moment, and the next moment I'm lying dead on the sidewalk with my shopping bag still right. in my hand, right? right? Then that's a fundamentally different kind of of. of Do you think that of, was staged? Do you think that was? I don't know. Propaganda? I, I I I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, look, the Chinese, it's, you know, it's, it's this is a. In, 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 in China, and I don't put anything past any government officials. Certainly, I don't put anything past you know the, the people yeah. running who are in charge in Beijing. Uh, but but we know now that that's not what COVID does. Right? Right. COVID is not we like we never a saw that bullet. again. We never saw that, anything like that here. Yeah, but 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 so people see that there was this you know uh, uh, in large in, in, to some degree his own fault this this deranged hatred of Trump. And so uh, it was a perfect opportunity yeah. to, oh, hi, you know, so we have, we have people dying. It must be the president's fault. I don't actually think it was part of a, 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 a consciously designed strategy. It was just an opportunity that was too easy to seize, mm-hmm. right? And so 
you know, we all we we all know that Trump is you know a stupid ignoramus, you know, who who's not going to do anything right. And so we got people dying. It must be due to this stupid ignoramus who's not doing anything right. Because because you know, what the background here is, you know, we we Americans long before COVID arose, we have this ridicu- ridiculous notion that the president has, has has sort of amazing powers. Right. I mean, you know, to me, that's the bigger problem. The bigger problem is that is that people see a problem out in the real world and immediately leap to, oh, some politician's not doing his job. Yeah. You know, that that, that scares yeah. me. And and we still and we still hear it. You know, it's still just Trump oh, being I, gone doesn't I, change that. Well, during the campaign, I mean, I, I probably probably like you, um, but you know, I, I have virtually no tolerance for listening to campaigning politicians. I, I mean, it's, I it's, it's, it, it makes me want to throw up. Yeah. But every now and then, I actually I couldn't help catching, you know, a, a scene. Mm. Externality, right there. It, Externality. Yeah. What? Well, yes. Exactly. Negative. And and I remember seeing this one scene right before the right before the November election, days before. And as Joe Biden, you know, you know, very very somber, saying, you know, whatever the number was at the time, you know. 230,000 deaths because of Donald Trump, right? Oh, look, say what you want about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not King Canute. He can't control the flow of the virus, right? I'm not saying he did everything perfectly. I can't, I'm not saying that he, he shouldn't have. Donald Trump, in my view, the, the, Donald Trump's single worst offense in this was giving uh, Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks uh, this, this, this platform. Yeah that that he gave them uh but but yeah so combined the 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 hatred of trump combined with this absurd notion that the u.s if only we have a wonderful u.s president then you know he or she will protect us from all of life's ills and make you know basically create unicorns and blueberries uh for us all uh and 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 then these you know these genuinely scary pictures out of italy of these people and you know old people yeah dying yeah. in hospitals yeah. um and and these still mysterious pictures of these people in <laughs> in china laying laying on the sidewalk right. dead all attributed right. to, to 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 COVID. so people panicked and uh uh and then once the panic got going it just it just fed itself and po- I mean, politicians as yeah. you know love power yeah. yeah. Well, and I, th- I think I think some of it was I, I think you're right. There was the perfect storm. There's also I think I think we in the U.S. are a population just primed for this kind of thing. I mean, we were I say we I mean, everyone except me, maybe not very generously, <laughs> um, but, you know, just waiting for the next witch hunt, waiting for the next group to hate that kind of thing, just that the divisions were already there and just yep. people at each other's throats already. But I do think, you know, when you look back at like the the event 201 videos um, of, you know, what would we do if there was a deadly pathogen and so much of it maps up with what, especially, you know, with regard to, to speech and controlling speech and um, sort of flooding the, the marketplace with um, the establishment's ideas about what should be done. So I do think there, I, I do think some of it was if not deliberate, at least consciously, there, there was a plan in place for how to deal with, with something like this. And there was, there was, and, the, and that the, plan, you the know, the WHO was recently as October of 2019. Uh, yes, and I read the right, document right. 2019. It, 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 it advised against, um, uh, general lockdowns and, uh, 
it's it's so so it, one thing I find particularly annoying is is um, you know the, the, if you read the Great Barrington Declaration, which I actually admire a great deal, uh, it, it it it's 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 based upon the kind of wisdom that I think wisdom that uh, is in the WHO October nineteen document. Uh, so this is not some bizarre. Uh, recommendation from out in left field issued by, you know, Scientologists, you know, who just got back from a, you know, you know, some sort of creepy cult camp. It, no, it, that's it, what it, we're it, in now is the creepy cult camp. We're we're talk about a cult camp, right? The, the pro lockdowners, the people who the people who 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 want us to continue to wear masks indefinitely. I don't know if you saw this, but Michigan, uh, there's a movement in Michigan. Um, to make at least some of the lockdown, uh, some of the COVID restriction powers permanent. Wow. Permanent. Wow. Right? Uh, you know, because you never know when another virus right. is coming. That's, that's what scares me, Brittany. So I assume that at some point, SARS-CoV-2 is, is going to become obviously in, in, in endemic. And so it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult in 2023 to, for Anthony Fauci to keep scaring people about this particular pathogen. Yeah. But, but there'll be another one. There'll be another one. And and, yeah. and 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 it won't be long before we'll find one that is genuinely uh, has has a level of danger higher than that of the average seasonal flu. Right. And then we're going to go through the same thing again. So that's, raises, I, that's what I worry about. It raises a question to me. So something you kind of touched on a little bit in this piece where you're talking about law versus or, or scholars of law versus scholars of economics. And there's a, there's a lot of interest right now in common law. And mm -hmm. I think it's because a lot of people are recognizing that the legal system we live under now is not in accordance with common law principles. Right. So what do we, is that, is that accurate? And if so, what do we do about that? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, the, the we free for, for a long time, you know, long, long before COVID you know, yeah. we have, increasingly deferred to legislation um, to, to guide more and more of our lives. Uh, and to the extent that legislation expands, it um, almost by nature, you know, it, it crowds in on the domain in which common law governs our lives. Um, but even worse than, than you know, sort of standard legislation, I mean, I'm, I'm no fan of standard legislation by any means, but at least at least it, it, it is the direct product of elected representatives taking some action. What's even worse is this, the, the executive actions taken yeah. under, under these vague statutes. Um, and uh, uh, so the legislators have, have, in most cases, proven to be spineless. They let governors, uh, uh, un, in my view, undertake actions that are not really consistent with 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 the letter, and certainly not with the spirit of these these statutes that give governors certain temporary emergency powers. And these things that are normally written like you know if if there's a you know a, a, a tornado that levels uh, a town. So yeah, you, so you, you need the, the idea is that you need you know strong executive action for a few days to get things back in order. And now these governors are, are you know they're just acting. As as if this is a, almost a permanent 
permanent regime. Well, and in California, the there, a state court um, struck down Newsom's powers to do that, yep. and and it was about one specific order he'd written. But in the in the opinion, it very explicitly says he didn't have the right to do this for any any of these. So, or, or for, you know, I think it said a great many. So they need to look at every single one. But yeah. you know. Thank God, there's at least you know there's at least some semblance of of common law still in there in the courts where they recognize that this is absurd. There have been some good some good state court uh, rulings on this on this matter, uh, but but not all. A lot of state courts have have uh, have deferred. Have just no no. This is you know they 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 read the these these statutes very expansively. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, I blame the judges, too, but I but I but I blame I blame the legislation. We're constantly told, right, these people run for office. They tell us what great leaders they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a leader. Right. I'm, I'm I'll stand up to. Right? They're not leaders. These yeah. are the most lily livered, cowardly people. You they all they, they want to be reelected. That's mm-hmm. all they want. Uh, the, the exceptions are rare. And so they are too afraid to take any steps that they believe run against the, the, the current popular sentiment. So if they think that the, the, if they perceive the population to be frightened out of its gourd because of COVID, right, they're not, they're not going to stand up to the governor or the mayor who, who's exercising There power. are a couple who have. I just, I have they're, to. They're, they're had, a handful. Yeah, like Kevin Kiley here in California, and he's mm-hmm. been brilliant. But yeah, you're right. For the most part, no, they're just, they're they're part of the machine that keeps accumulating more and more power for the state. Um, yeah. One final question. Yeah. So I, I think you agree that some of this at least um, could be, some of what's, what's happened could actually be considered criminal. I mean, I think of Cuomo forcing infected patients into nursing homes. I think of the, you know, forbidding hospitals to take, to care for people who had other serious conditions, but not COVID-19. And, you know, deaths have happened, you know, increased suicide rates, um, the destruction of people's livelihoods of businesses. I think there are some real crimes here that that we can talk about um yep. and some people are talking about having some some kind of a nuremberg like tribunal to mm-hmm. hold the people responsible accountable for this mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts about that so i'm sympathetic to the notion i mean i i agree i think these a lot of these people are 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 criminal i think a lot of them are evil they have behaved in an evil fashion they are they have killed people uh, they uh, uh, recklessly, if not intentionally, rec- certainly recklessly, uh, they have, uh, without feeling and thought, ruined the lives of many people. Uh, they've upended society in ways that th- th- we don't even know what the reckoning is going to be yet. Right. Um, all that said, I get very, I'm very leery about having Nuremberg style trials. I think they, they can too easily become vindictive. Um, I worry about the precedent they set. So we, we, 
let's say we have one and and you know everyone who's convicted and you know is someone you and i Brittany, we, we agree yes that person really deserved to be to be convicted and then there is some other major calamity where where people take actions and and we have another nuremberg style trial uh that that that, that that's overreaching i i maybe it's because i study law I, I, so, so back to what you said. So it's true. A lot of these activities are, are criminal. I do believe that one of the geniuses of the American legal system is that to be convicted of a crime, that crime has to be um, uh, encoded in a statute book. Now the crime might have, have evolved from common law understanding. Most, most of them have have done so but if the crime if the if the you cannot be convicted of a crime if if there's no statute that that specifies that as a crime that doesn't mean of course that 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 there's no range of activities that that the term criminal in the small c sense might apply to that would also that's a real criminal activity but 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 crime is something that the, the state with its awesome power persecutes and 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 and, and, and prosecutes those who who commit it and uh, and so i don't i am very leery about breaking that precedent you know it's mm -hmm. saying well you know we're going to take you know mayor smith and governor jones and we're going to we're going to convict them of a crime that is not specified in a criminal statute book that breaks with what I believe to be a an important tradition in protecting Americans from criminal prosecution. Yeah. Again, like all like so much in life, it's got it's up it's got its you know this attitude of mine has has or the policy that that would flow from this attitude of mine has costs and benefits. I mean, it 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 it, it does allow people like. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo, uh, Anthony Fauci, in my view, recklessly frightening people. Uh, it does allow them to get away with with activities that I don't mind describing as criminal, uh, just just criminal. Uh, but I, I really worry about going on on. I, I don't like, I, I worry about the precedence that would be set by a Nuremberg style trial. Yeah. Yeah. What then, I mean, I, I can imagine, you know, so, some of the things that have, that have, that have been done um, fitting into statutory crimes. I mean, things, things like, um, you know, well, force, forcing, forcing infected patients into the nursing homes, you know, if, a medical, if someone running the nursing homes had done that, or if, if a medical facility had done something like that, that's right. they would be prosecuted. They would be prosecuted right. for malpractice or for negligence or something. So it seems like a lot of these activities, there is a statutory crime for it, but you're right. There's, there's at some level that disappears. And I think maybe that's part of the problem. Not, not that there should be statutory crimes written up, you know, because mm -hmm. we want to, you know, exact punishment on these people. But there is this fundamental problem that I think is becoming very clear, which is that state actors are largely free from 
legal consequence for their yes. actions. You yes. know, even the people going after Newsom, it's, it's the, the whole effort is, well, he's got to be recalled. He's got to be recalled. If he were an ordinary citizen, he'd be in jail. He'd be you in know, jail. Recall is not enough. So, so what do we do about this problem of no accountability for people who act on behalf of the state? There ought to be a way. Again, I mean, I went to law school. I'm not. I've never practiced law. I don't, I don't know enough about law to to know the details here. But there ought to be a way. You're right. That means some of these, some of what these people have done, uh, would be covered by is covered by 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 statutes that are currently on in the criminal code. And so there ought to be a way to say, you know, governor, you thought you were exempt because you're governor from this particular uh, uh, code provision, but you're not. So, so we're, we're going to, we're going to charge you with the crime and, and, and charge you in an, in an, in an ordinary criminal court of law, a court of criminal law. Uh, that's different. So that's, that's, that's not the Nuremberg style trial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. process now what 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 the you know the, the there are obviously political um uh uh challenges to doing that uh politicians stand up for each other right you know, they, they're gonna protect they're gonna protect their they, own they, they protect their own um uh but i would i would i would i would not at all object to trying to go down that road right? i mean mm-hmm. I, I i do think andrew cuomo should be tried for the crime of of rec- re- reckless, I don't know what it'd be, rec- you know, reckless homicide. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't a first degree murder. He didn't, he didn't, he right, didn't, right. but he recklessly issued an order that we know led to the deaths of, of these people. And so, and then he tried to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? That, that's another. Yeah. So right? he knew he did something wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, 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 I don't at all mind some creative prosecutor finding ways to a- apply criminal code to these bad actors. That would be yeah. fine. Yeah. I'd like to see it happen, actually. It seems I, I, the, I don't think it will happen, but I'd like to see it happen. Yeah, no, I'd like I'd like to see it, too. Um, it seems like the bigger problem, though, is, is something my dad always talked about. You know, his his famous quote is the Constitution is that document that prevents the, the government from doing all the terrible things it does. You know, we have <laughs> we have these these great principles written down in this document and, you know, the and, and their principles limiting the powers of the state. But there aren't really any consequences for violating that. And we see it all the time at the federal level, at the state level. Governments violate the Constitution all the time. And there, there doesn't seem to be any, any consequence for that. Do, is there a solution in your mind? Yeah, you're at, you, as you know, you're asking the $64 trillion I would have said billion dollar with all the inflation coming down. <laughs> right, the pipe it now. doesn't it's mean that much. $64 anymore. trillion dollar question. You know, how, 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 how to? I mean, James James Madison had the had the notion, right? If you're going to have government, uh, then the challenge is to find ways to act to 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 uh, actually constrain the power of those with with the power, right? And uh, I'm very pessimistic that that. I mean, I'm, it's kind of astonishing to me that the the that that we've lasted as long as 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 we have. Um, I've grown. I've grown incredibly dark and pessimistic over the past year. Um, I, um, I, 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 I actually think that 
what I've seen in our, not just Americans, of course, but yeah, certainly also in Americans, what, uh, what I've seen in the way so many of our fellow Americans have reacted to this COVID thing. They, 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 they absolutely zero concern for their liberties. If they, if they think you're going, if they think the government's going to increase, uh, or excuse me, decrease their risk of dying by one iota, right? They're willing to be stomped on, put under house arrest, have their lives disrupted indefinitely. And I'm thinking, well, if a people, if 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 a people have that kind of attitude, I don't think there's any amount of words you can write on a on, on a piece of paper. I don't think there are any kind of institutional changes you can implement that will prevent those people from basically committing collective suicide. And that's what I worry that we're doing now as a society. So I hope you hope you weren't coming to me for an optimistic. <laughs> a cheery. I, hope, I mean, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I don't I don't I don't I don't hold my my I don't make this prediction with 100 percent confidence. I, it could be mistaken and I hope it is. But I, I right now I'm I feel very pessimistic. Um, I, I, I go back. Or I don't, don't go back and forth. I see both sides of it. Um, yeah. On the on the one hand, I if you told me two years ago that this many people would be this willing to go along with something this draconian on so little information, because it's the people going along with it who are the ones who haven't looked at the, yep. the data that you're talking about. It's the ones who don't look closely. They just, they're the ones who are taking, you know, the experts in big quotation marks word for it. They're being told that this is a big danger. They're being told that this is the way to fight it and they're not questioning it. And that's, my, That's I think the my, frightening part. It is horrifying. Yeah. My faith in humanity, in, in human society, I don't know about humanity, but in, in human society as it is now, has really been shaken, like, yeah. like to the core. I never, I never would have thought people would go along with this to this extent. And it's, and even like people I know, you know, there are people who it's, it's not, you know, I recognize that. <laughs> there's a lot of divisiveness in all of this. And I think some of that is deliberate. I think, you know, those in power benefit when people are divided against each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I try very much not to buy into that. I, I, I really try not, to, I, I try to, you know, be as sympathetic as I can to the end and understand people are afraid. I don't want to, I'm not going to attack someone because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and yet there are people who I just can't talk to now. There are people, there are, you know, groups that I can't on social media, I just can't go to anymore. And it's not because, you know, it's not because I hate them or I'm angry at them. It's just, I, I'm in the state of disbelief. I just, and, and, and the sense that there's nothing I can say, there's nothing I can say that's going to get through because I guess, because they're acting from fear, they've been told to be afraid. And so they are afraid. And once, and you know, every, every statist in, in history knows this. Once a population is afraid, you can do whatever you want with them. You can control yeah. those people so yeah. easily. So here's the bright side of that. Um, Please. And, I, and I'm seeing it especially. So there was a time, actually, I don't know if you know this, but um, in 2019, California amended its law to say that health departments can basically do whatever they want in a state, if there's a state of emergency, if there's, um, if there's a, was it state of emergency or was it uh, epidemic? 
one of those words, but if, mm-hmm. if one of those things is declared, they can seize property, they can seize people, they can they can force medical treatments, they can do whatever they want. When I saw that pass in fall of 2019, I said to my husband, I said, okay, I'm going to Idaho, we're going to buy some land, we're going to, we're heading out of here, we're, we're, we're getting out of here, because they're going to, they're not passing this, so they can't use it, they're, they want to use this. Um, and then my dad was sick, and, you know, we weren't going to go anywhere, and, and, you know, we ended up not going. Um, but at a certain point, like in the springtime of 2020, something changed, something hit me that this is actually, this is the place to be because, because it's so bad here in California, this is where there's the most opportunity to change because Mm. it has become, it has reached dystopian proportions here. And I just feel there, there is absolutely a groundswell of people who care about liberty, who want to do something, who are very much into common law principles. Um, mm-hmm. All of us, I didn't realize there was such an interest in this, but there is. And those people are here. And I just keep reminding myself that it's not, you know, mass movements for the most part aren't what change history. And yeah. it's it's individuals and maybe small groups, but it's not, you know, if you're looking to the masses of people around you to make this better, it's going to be a very, you know, dark outcome indeed. But I do feel like there's hope. I feel like it's gotten to a point, you know, two years ago, I couldn't have wrangled a gang of, of people to, to march, you know, through, through my city down to the business that was being badly treated by the city government. And now every weekend for the past weekend, people have been out there defending Tinhorn Flats, this, this business that refused to, so they're there, those people are out there. And this is an opportunity because I think, I think because it's gotten so bad, it's an opportunity to tip a lot of stuff over that's needed tipping over for a long time. So let me join, let, let me switch gears and maybe join, give you more reason to be optimistic. So I, I, so this is, I'm glad this is being recorded. Do you know who Jose Pinera is? Yes, yeah. So the great Jose Pinera, years ago, I was having lunch with him and he put, I have a ruler on my finger here. He put a pencil or we were at lunch, he put a, a fork or a spoon on his finger. And I was complaining to him about, you know, the difficulty of, 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 I don't know, you know, persuading people in this. And, and he's a very charming, happy guy. He says, no, no I'm not going to do this, this, the, the Chilean accent, but he says, oh, he says, you, 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 you mistake. He says, you don't have to move everybody. He says, and he, then he balances this thing on his finger. He says, oh, let's say, let's say we want to tip it, you know, this way. Well, you don't have to move everybody over here, over here. You just got to move, you know, any, any movement along this mm-hmm. is going to call, you don't, you don't even have to move every, anyone fully over to this side just as you as you move them from the extreme you you tip society more mm-hmm. and more in the direction that 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 you want it to go and can i and add I, to that anal- analogy and just say the state has already shifted the ruler over in our direction so by by mm-hmm. being so absurd and by by ruining people's lives you know by doing terrible terrible things that have cost people you know, immeasurably, they've pushed that ruler over for us. I so, have thought, yes, I have thought about that. I mean, I have thought, is the state over, are they overplaying their hands? And, and, they, and they may be overplaying their hands. And, and, and therein, I think, lies a lot of, uh, at least some hope. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'll feel more confident about that when I start seeing more evidence of it and, and see fewer people alone in their cars wearing masks and seeing fewer of my 
you know, 19-year-old students at George Mason University, the few uh, that show up on campus, walk around double-masked wearing the people the least shield. at risk. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, but, 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 so, yeah, but I, I, I hope you're right, Brittany, and maybe you are. Um, and I, I, I certainly applaud you for, 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 for doing that. And here's the, I think this is one of the things that really sort of shifted my perspective was, um, July 4th, Los Angeles or California wide, but Los Angeles, you know, Newsom, I think, and also the city mayors, mayor of Los Angeles forbade any fireworks displays. It was illegal. Mm. Nobody could do it. They canceled all the city fireworks displays. You're not supposed to have any fireworks. The aerial footage of all the fireworks going off across LA is a thing to behold. And oh, that's wonderful. I might, I might link to it here. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Totally illegal, oh. forbidden. You are not allowed to do this. It looked like every single house in Los Angeles was shooting off fireworks. So it's stuff oh, like that that, that gives me hope. I, I love those kind of things. A lot on my blog. I like if you if you link that, I'll post it on my blog. I, yeah, um, yeah. There was a a uh, it was in Canada of all places. There was a I don't know if you saw this video two or three weeks ago. It was on Easter Sunday. Um, uh, uh, a there was a a. I think it was an Orthodox Christian church. Yes, the the, the Polish pastor. The Polish one. Yes. Right? And yeah. these goons walked in, and this guy was unrelenting. Get out! Get out! Yeah. And that filled that that so energized me. It was just yeah. so wonderful They're that this guy stood there. up to these goons. They're out there. They're you know yeah. maybe not as as numerous as the people wearing the masks in their cars, but they yeah. are out there. There's yeah. there's some real heroes out there. Yeah, and, and so so I'm getting more optimistic by the moment. Awesome. <laughs> and, and, and so you know, so one of the things we do know across history is that uh, uh, there, there are these tipping points where there are a lot of people who are silent, and, and, but all it takes is it's, it's, it, it it takes some some I'm sure what the right term is uh, some appropriate signal that causes people to be sufficiently confident that there are other people who think like them and mm -hmm. then it becomes a cascade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and this so is hopefully that will happen. And this, this is it's sad to say, but I think it's true. There's also uh, some percentage of the population that's just going to go along with whatever the prevailing view is anyway. And so yeah. once, yeah. once that cascade starts, they that's jump on that because that's now the prevailing. So um Thank goodness for thoughtless people. Okay. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but um, yeah. And you know what? I just want to. I just want to also add that I really do blame government education for a lot of this because oh. I don't believe. I look at the people around me. I don't believe this is the best humanity can produce. I don't believe this is the best we can do. I really feel, and I went to government schools, you know, not early on, but in junior high and high school. I know the values that are that are imbued in those schools. I know the propaganda. I know the, you know, the the sort of the the right might makes right mentality, all the stuff, the 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 discouraging of questioning, the discouraging of independent thought, all that stuff. These are the results of that. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's none of that in human nature anyway, but state sponsored schooling just makes it worse. I think we can do so much. And that's, you know, another, okay, here's another silver lining. People are pulling their kids out of government schools. That may be by, the best silver lining of all. Seriously, yeah. seriously, yeah. because yeah. 
you know, a, the next generation doesn't have to be this stupid. It really doesn't. And, so here's one group I am sure uh, that has overplayed his hands, the, t- the, the, the teachers unions. I mean, they have, they have yeah. basically announced to the whole world that they don't want to do their job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> and, know what uh, they're thinking. I don't know what they're, th- they really think they have a captive audience and they don't. They uh, don't. There's, yeah. there's so much, you know, so much infrastructure for homeschooling right now. Even, uh, you know, I, I hear stories of, and I don't know how they do it, but single moms working two jobs who are homeschooling, you know, it's, there's so much support for it now. They, the teachers unions do not, they don't have a captive audience anymore and people yeah. are, are leaving in droves. So yeah, that, uh, uh, that that is really really encouraging. David Henderson, early on in the Wall Street Journal in COVID, back in sometime late spring, early summer, uh, a trend was already starting, and uh, he he yeah. he expressed the hope and made the case that that one of the one of the good effects of this otherwise horrible series of events might be a, a, a serious blow to the government school. Uh, uh, awfulness. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, it's 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 not education. It's 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 state propaganda. It teaches people to be what we're exactly what we're seeing around us right now, blindly accepting what authority tells them is true, um, turning off that the mechanisms inside their own head to do to do their own thinking and and loving authority. I mean, yeah. I don't believe this level of, I, I get that there's, you know, there are tendencies in human nature to, to do all those things, but this is not natural. What we're seeing around us, this is not how we're, how we can be. If that, That's exactly right. I mean, you, you're right. I mean, human nature is not, not perfect. And there is some of that in human nature, but the last thing we need is for the state to be inculcating it and, and, right. and fostering it and, and encouraging it. This is what it. we get when that happens. This, this is what we get. This, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So if if uh, you know Milton Friedman, Milton Friedman was very dedicated to you know ending the government school monopoly. Um, yeah. You know, bless his memory. But maybe COVID will <laughs> will wind up doing far more to upend the government school monstrosity than Milton Friedman did. So. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah. Well, I hope I cheered you up a little bit. You did. I'm, I'm feeling more optimistic. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Thank you so much. But, for but, but next, but I, I, the next time I see one of my students double masked, I'm going to go back into my 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 door. Well, but then, but just don't go in for very long and come okay. back out. No, <laughs> there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So thank you for having me, Brittany. Yeah. I thanks. Thanks for coming, and and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. I'll be happy to. Bye. Okay.